You know, I used to think that Democrats cared about America, right? I mean, we all love America. Uh, we may have different uh, ways to or ideas about how it can become a great country, but we all love America and think this is a great country. They don't. They don't. I've known that for a long time, but now it's, well, it's so obvious. They don't love America. They hate America. They want to redesign it. They want to throw it away. This flag, you know what they hate about the flag? Well, they hate colonialism, right? You know what was going on back there. You know the 13 stripes? They represent the colonies, 13 colonies. We all know that. They hate that. They want to get rid of this. They want to, look, any party that is trying to say this scene, a drag queen with a kid, is somehow a civil rights issue, that is a party that hates America. And it's very understandable, I guess, somewhat, why they hate Trump, okay? Because he's not afraid of any of their over-the-top stuff that somehow, for some reason, intimidates a lot of people on our side. Too many people are keeping their head down or going with the flow when they know better. If you have any friends, by the way, who are appalled by Trump or just don't like his manner, and I get it, at times he can be tough to take. I love the style. I love the substance. Uh, it doesn't bother me. I like it, but some people don't. You know what you should do? Have them watch the July 4th, 2020 uh, speech he made at Mount Rushmore. This is a pro-America agenda. That message, I thought, naively, would kind of move the entire country. At one point, I thought he could win 40 states, 45 states, 49 states, because his message is that good for America. But those who hate America are not going to sign up for this. Joe Biden, does he love America? He's always busy telling horrible ghost stories about America, right? He's always trying to make people afraid and scared of each other. And this man... On Transgender Awareness Day. Did you know it was Transgender Awareness Day? Yes, it is. He put out a big statement about it. We, uh, all this stuff, I want every member of the trans community to know we see you. You're made in God's image. Um, the God's image part, actually, uh, you should look at the Old Testament. Um, Barack Obama did the same thing. Uh, on this Transgender Day of Visibility, Michelle and I want every trans, you know, the same old crummy rhetoric. We see you. We stand with you. Look, um, you can be transgender in America. You can be a drag queen uh, as an adult, as an adult with other adults. Anybody who thinks this is appropriate, I do believe is evil. Now, this wasn't happening at some club on the Lower East Side. or This was happening in the state capital today in Minnesota. And there are kids there. This is hideous. This is perverse. This is children should not be. And oh, by the way, it has nothing to do with governing and governance. You can do this as an adult. You can't do it around children. That's why more than ever, I, I know, I know it in my bones that they are evil. And all this transgender awareness stuff, you know what happened this week, right? A young woman, mentally ill. What was her name again? Hale, Audrey Hale. Happy and healthy there, but rapidly, well, hit some sort of major problem, mental problem. Transgender, gender dysphoria, that is a mental illness. 
but no one actually literally can say that anymore. There are networks out there. CBS News is said, don't talk about her gender status, even though police in the hours after the shooting said that they were operating off of the theory that her transgender status and the transgender movement played a role in her motivation, that that was part of it at least. They've been pretty mum since because their Democrat mayor has said, don't go there again. Very strange country, very strange times. The January 6th committee, they meet, they take up all that time. Primetime television, primetime, hundreds of millions of viewers, tens of millions of dollars spent, and not one word about Ashley Babbitt, a unarmed woman who was killed on that day. Isn't that incredible? And the man who killed her, Lieutenant Michael Byrd, he doesn't get charged, he gets a medal. Look at this, Michael Byrd and President Trump. Who's in legal jeopardy tonight? Isn't it crazy? Nothing, nothing makes sense. Well, I guess it does make sense if you realize that they're evil and they're out to destroy the country. Donald Trump wrote a check, his own money. Nobody was defrauded, okay? Trump and Stormy Daniels, you know, this doesn't, this doesn't shock us. This doesn't warrant further investigation. You know what does, though? How about Barack Obama and Minister Farrakhan? This is a picture that makes me wonder. How about you? Oh, by the way, the ultimate uh, indictment may have nothing to do with Stormy Daniels. We haven't seen it yet. We don't know. But it could have to do with business records and financial documents to banks. And I think Donald Trump can win that case. And it never should have been brought. This is one thing they're looking at. The state attorney general already did. I'd like to show you a building. It is 11 Wall Street, downtown Manhattan. I used to live a few blocks away from there. Donald Trump bought that uh, building 15 years ago or so. And in 2011, it was valued by him at $524 million on financial statements. Tish James, 12 years later, insists that the building was only worth $200 million. By the way, who do you think knows more about real estate? All right, just <laughs> take a wild guess. But here's Tish James, the attorney general of New York State, saying that this building, one of the tallest buildings in Manhattan, by the way, is only worth $200 million. They received a series of bank ordered appraisals for the commercial property at 40 Wall Street in New York City that calculated the value of the property at $200 million as of August 2010 and $220 million as of November 2012. Yet, in his 2011 statement, Mr. Trump listed 40 Wall Street with a value of $524 million, which increased to $530 million over the next two years. More than twice the value calculated by the professionals. Oh, my. I'm not a big real estate person, but I once heard that a building or a house is worth whatever someone is willing to pay for it. Now, they say Donald Trump valued that building at $524 million in 2011. 11 Wall Street is one of the most prestigious buildings in New York City. It's pre-war. It's Art Deco. And for a long time, it was one of the, the tallest building in, in lower Manhattan. Um, we ran some comparables, okay? What were other buildings selling for in 2011? Buildings of far less renown. 
Look at this, $569 million, some random building on Park Avenue. Uh, 2011 also, this building, three-quarters of a billion dollars. You see what's happening here? They don't know anything. They don't know anything about the real world. Tish James, the prosecutors, Joe Biden, they have no idea what they're doing. All right, uh, so we don't know exactly how this is going to go down, but we know apparently it's going down. And this guy, well, not to be trusted, he is a radical. Oh, talk about hate America. I think he hates his neighbors. Uh, for this guy, maybe he even hates himself. Maybe he even hates himself. I'm going to, I have a theory about that. But first, this is what a nut job he is. Um, you know, things were going great in New York for a long time. It was clean. It was safe. Listen to this guy's approach to everything. It's the anti-Rudy Giuliani. I'm going to talk about an incident from this summer where a homeless person called my dad used to run homeless shelter, so it really speaks to me, was arrested on a train allegedly for taking up two seats. That's preposterous. Uh, you know, I've had friends arrested for things like that, family members, for you know, low-level things that have absolutely nothing to do with public safety. Wow. You see, he's trying to say, like, family members arrested for sleeping on the subway? His dad, homeless, was in a homeless shelter, ran a homeless shelter? What was that? Hey, let's see people what that looks like. Okay, we don't like this. We want these people removed, possibly arrested. But Alvin Bragg, you heard him kind of bra brag that uh, he had family members who had been arrested for similar, similar matters. That's not true. No way. Alvin Bragg grew up in a two million dollar townhouse in a two parent family uh, home. And uh, his father owned those shelters, owned them. It's a for-profit business. You can do very well. His mother was a prominent college administrator, and that's fantastic. And he went to all the right schools. Alvin Bragg did. He went to uh, the right prep school, Harvard, you name it. He went there. He's got the ring. He's got the diploma. Guess what? That doesn't actually impress people in certain neighborhoods. The neighborhood where he came from, that's viewed with suspicion. Oddly and strangely, and that's a big problem, Barack Obama knows something about this, and he complained about it in his many books about himself. The black community argued that I wasn't ready or not quite black enough. Now, sadly and tragically, <laughs> believe it or not, in certain areas, certain neighborhoods, you know, it's considered a negative to have two parents. I'm not, it, it's, it's shocking, but that's actually considered, oh, you're being white. Yep, Barack Obama has said this uh, himself. Take a look. Who remembers the movie Eight Mile with Eminem? Fantastic. Remember the big rap contest at the end of the movie? Everybody from the 313, put your hands up, right? Remember that? And nobody, uh, well, everybody in the audience, 313, that's the Detroit area code. Uh, but the guy he was up against, Clarence, he didn't put his hands up. Um, and there were some other negatives that Eminem was about to hit him on. I mean, totally devastating. You ready? Listen to this. You don't know what the f*** I can do. But I know something about you. You went to Cranbrook. That's a private school. What's the matter, dog? You embarrassed? This guy's a gangster? His real name is Clarence. Clarence's parents have a real good marriage. That was a diss. That's not cool. And I know something about you. You went to Cranbrook. That's a private school. 
That's definitely not cool. And Alvin Bragg had these advantages. There he is on the left. He had these advantages, and now he's acting like, well, a bit of a thug, quite frankly. These policies and now going after Trump, I, I don't know. I don't know. See what uh, Joe Biden said about this? This is a moment that he possibly, possibly could have led. He doesn't have it in him. His bosses won't let him. Take a look. You're reacting to President Trump's indictment. Are you worried this will further divide our country? The indictment? I have no comment on that. Wow. Nothing to say about Trump. Nothing? Leaders have something to say about this matter. Leaders and future leaders. You heard of Vivek Ramatswamy? He's running for president. He's just 37 years old, but uh, he's pretty impressive. I'm not rooting for him. I don't want him to win, but maybe vice president. Who knows? Look, he's a competitor of Donald Trump. And listen to how he lays it out. I'm Vivek Ramaswamy, and I'm running for president of the United States. Earlier today, my competitor in this race, Donald Trump, was criminally indicted in a politically motivated prosecution. This is wrong. This is dangerous. We're skating on thin ice as a country right now. I think we may be heading on our way to a national divorce I'm running for president because I care about a national revival instead, but this is a step in the wrong direction. You don't know what Alvin Bragg, he ran on a campaign, a political campaign for his position, pledging to investigate Donald Trump. You don't know what he did today. He delivered on a campaign promise. That is not how our justice system is supposed to work. Justice is supposed to be impartial. If this had been anybody else other than Donald Trump on this set of facts, it would have been charged as a misdemeanor at most, if at all. Yet what we see right now is a ruling party in our country that will stop at nothing, even using police force to arrest its political opponents. We're not some banana republic, guys. We are the United States of America. We're supposed to be that shining city on a hill for the rest of the world that still gives hope to the free world as we know it. And yet look at what we have become today. This is not the America that I know. And you know what? You do have a constitutional right to protest this decision if you want to. The only ask I will make is do it peacefully and do it lawfully if that's the decision you make. Because, again, we're in dangerous times today. I care about having one country left at the end of this. And if Alvin Bragg or even Joe Biden wants to do something, let alone the rest of this Republican field, we can all unite to say that even if we're running against Donald Trump, we at least want to let the voters decide who gets to be the next president rather than some Javert-style prosecutor sitting in New York City. That is not the country I know. That is not the country that my parents came to. That is not the country that we pledge allegiance to. That is not the United States. Damn, that's good. Vivek Ramaswamy, future vice president, maybe? Very, very impressed. By the way, Javert-type prosecutor... Uh, that's from Les Miserables, I'm told. I never read the book, never saw the musical, but I did see a TV movie back in the 1980s, and it was an excellent story. All right, good job, sir. Richard Nixon, remember, uh, I'm not actually, this is a little bit before my time, but when he resigned, uh, that, was, uh, that was a painful moment for America, of course, right? 
and he left with a big cloud over his head and the prospect of being prosecuted by, well, a DOJ that hated him. Um, back then, we had a leader in the White House, somebody who probably could have scored a lot of points by throwing the book at Richard Nixon. His name was Gerald Ford, and he did a remarkable thing that's almost unthinkable today. He was a statesman. The facts, as I see them, are that a former president of the United States, instead of enjoying equal treatment with any other citizen accused of violating the law, would be cruelly and excessively penalized, either in preserving the presumption of his innocence or in obtaining a speedy determination of his guilt, ugly passions would again be aroused, and our people would again be polarized in their opinions. And the credibility of our free institutions of government would again be challenged at home and abroad. All that's happening all over again right now with this silly case, which is far <laughs> not close to what Richard Nixon was accused of. And I know it's not a federal case and no pardon is in play here, but these are important words that still hold value. And two, it's a tragedy that's beyond our current president. I want to hear a little bit more of this. As president, my primary concern must always be the greatest good of all the people of the United States whose servant I am. Anyway, he grants President Nixon a full and complete pardon. And it's exactly what the country needed. Joe Biden could have gotten on the phone and said, Alvin Bragg, what the hell are you doing? OK, uh, you may have noticed my inauguration speech where I made a vow to unite this country and always level with the people. He didn't mean a word of it, of course. That's why he's not making those kinds of phone calls. And if he doesn't want to call him about uh, this case, maybe call him about locking up criminals. No. Joe wants to divide our country. He's busy telling ghost stories about it. The Capitol Police, the D.C. Metropolitan Police, other law enforcement agencies were attacked and assaulted before our very eyes, speared, sprayed, stomped on, brutalized. Lives were lost. And for three hours, uh, the defeated former president of the United States uh, watched it all happen. Oh, yeah. Right. As he sat in the comfort I of mean, the private I mean, what kind of man makes this speech office. if he's remotely interested in unifying the country, right? <laughs> year and a half after January 6th, he's still trying to scare people about that. Megan, well, he's a bad guy. A great guy, though, Donald Trump. You cannot... You cannot defeat this guy. Uh, this video that you're seeing right here, it's amazing. It dropped early this morning. We're going to play it. It's very inspiring. Uh, it'll make you feel good about America and maybe even your own life. Be right back. We'll play it in a little bit. And here is where it all started. June 16th, 2015, coming down that escalator in Trump Tower. I was actually in the room 
uh, when that happened. History, history indeed. Sometimes I wonder if he regrets it, if his family regrets it. I don't think so, but maybe the thought crosses their mind. Uh, hey, take a look at this. Some photographs of Donald Trump after the news broke last night at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, he was out and about meeting people in the middle of a huge ballroom, having dinner with his family. And, uh, you know, <laughs> he's not hiding in a closet. And, of course, he's been very active on social media. We are privileged to once again uh, have Eric Trump join us, executive vice president of the Trump Organization, and of course, the son, one of the sons, one of the three sons of Donald Trump. Welcome, sir. How are you doing? <laughs> we, we know he's going to hang in there. How are you doing, Eric? Greg, it's another day in, uh, in, in Trump land, to say the least. You know, we're, we're pretty work-hardened at this point. You know, people ask that all the time, you know, how's your family doing? And, you know, this family is numb to this kind of stuff. It's a... Uh, Nasty game. We've seen it. Uh, the Democrats' tricks, you know, they don't surprise us anymore. Uh, they're, they're evil people. Uh, they'll do anything they possibly can to, you know, achieve their um, objectives. The lie, cheat, steal. Uh, we've seen it with the impeachments. We saw it with the dirty dossier that was paid for by Hillary Clinton. They've gone after my father from the second he walked down that escalator, as you said before. And, you know, I, I've seen it. I've been on the receiving end of it. I've gotten three quarters of those subpoenas that have come to me. I mean, we never so you know so much as got a parking ticket before my father got into politics, and then all of a sudden, every single day, it's subpoena after subpoena after subpoena. They come after you. They go after your friends. They try and imprison you. If I had done one thing wrong in my life, Greg, I guarantee you, I'd be sitting in jail right now. And it's just the dirty game that's politics in the United States of America. And you know, I think it's one of my father's greatest attributes. He exposed the system for what it is. He always called it a swamp, and no one quite understood what that meant. Um, but it's a dirty system, and they will do anything they can to maintain power. They will do anything they can to win. They will lie, cheat, and steal, and you're seeing it here again with the weaponization of state prosecutors for their own political means. That's a great point. You, you have faced so much investigation, so much scrutiny, and eight years later, this is what they think they have him on and your family. By the way, Letitia James, we'll get to Alvin Bragg in a moment, but Letitia James is an unscrupulous, very foolish, not very smart uh, attorney general here in New York State. This is one of the promises she made to folks as she was running for office. Will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. He's going to know my name personally. Letitia James, and it goes on and on and on like that. There are about 50 examples of her saying that she's going to go after your father. This is before she was attorney general. That was her primary promise. She did go after um, the Trump Foundation, the Trump Foundation, which had to disband. And actually, and this is when, gosh, you guys, you're up against so much. I want to show everybody the statement, the settlement that the Trump Organization had with the state of New York. And this is what they got you on. Board members fail to exercise their fiduciary uh, responsibilities to provide oversight. The board has not met since 1999. Now, the board members are these people right here. Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump, and Ivanka Trump. She said that you had not seen your siblings or your father in 20 years. Uh, that's a lie. They fool people. Very few people are actually going to read this stuff and see... How bogus it all is, Eric. And that, I don't know, I'm, I, I'm sorry. In, in a foundation that had zero expenses that my father put, you know, literally millions and millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars into, donated to the greatest causes around the world. And 
They come after us because we didn't have family board meetings. I mean, this is what these people will do. Letitia James campaigned on the promise to go after my father, to put him in jail, to go after him civilly. You know, she says, we're going to shine a bright spotlight. Her campaign promise. Remember, Greg, you know, she was raising money off of this. No different than Alvin Bragg. Alvin Bragg goes out there. I have sued the Trump administration over 100 times. There's no more qualified person to become district of attorney of New York State than me because I have gone after Trump my entire life. Now, Greg, you know New York better than anybody. I know New York better than anybody. You have a little girl who not too long ago just got shot in the face in Times Square. You have women that are being thrown in front of subway cars in New York City. Homelessness is, is, is through the roof. I went into Dwayne Reed the other day, and literally you can't buy Advil in Dwayne Reed without having somebody come up with a key and unlock you know, those little plastic things that you pick up because there's so much looting in the city. I mean, the city is going to hell. And what has the DA spent the last six years on? They subpoenaed us for every single document that we've ever had in the company. 11 million documents went over to the DA's office. They didn't find a damn thing. So they go after my father for a, a, a alleged affair that Stormy Daniels herself said did not happen in writing signed. Give me a break. I yeah. mean, this is crazy. I mean, people are dying in New York. People are getting shot. Crime is through the roof. You've had 3% of New Yorkers who have literally moved out of the state in the last two years. I mean, everybody's leaving New York State because of the nonsense. And this is the priority of the entire office of the district attorney of New York is going after my father. It's a political promise, Greg. And you know, you have people like George Soros who gave him a million dollars, million dollars. You go after Trump, you better believe it, right? He funds these people with effectively the handshake that they'll go after my father and try and take him out of the race. I mean, my father's winning the Republican nomination by 35 points right now. There's not even any way this close. If you were to take the next best person and double their polls, they still don't even get close to where my father is right now. So, and, and so this is the weaponization of the system. It's disgusting. This isn't how it's supposed to work. This is third world antics. Of course not. It's, it's, uh, it's, it was unthinkable. Listen, Alvin Bragg, by the way, he, um, he tries to kind of portray himself as, you know, coming from the inner city and having a rough and tumble background. He's an Ivy Leaguer. Nothing wrong with that, but he's kind of portraying himself as, well, he went to prep school. And I'm told he actually went to prep school with Donald Trump Jr. And that Alvin Bragg, in an effort to show how kind of tough he is and distance himself from that life, which he did have, and nothing's wrong with it, but perhaps in his neck of the woods, it's a liability. Did you ever cross paths with Alvin Bragg years past? Did Donald Trump Jr., is there any history here? And do you think he has a chip on his shoulder when it comes to the Trumps? Based on, we know he does, you know, politically, but based on the past. Uh, I, I personally don't know him, uh, whether or not he went to school with Don or not. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, you know, he is far from a crime fighter, that much I can tell you, because New York is going to absolute hell. Um, your father, who is one of the greats of all time, would not exactly consider uh, Alvin Bragg to be a crime fighter. Um, they've lost control of the streets of New York uh, because all of their time is spent going after political opponents as opposed to putting actual criminals um, in jail. And again, it's a, kind of a very, very sad thing to see. But that's the system we live in. Let's not just make this about New York, because Letitia James... But she's on camera bragging about it. They like to brag about it. And then they go out and they take those clips and they fundraise off of it, right, in places like New York, which is 80% you know, Democratic in, in the cities that they're in. But, you know, go, go back. Look at the rest of the weaponization of government. I mean, Bill Clinton was literally diddling an intern in the Oval Office, right? Okay. And, and no one cares about that. Bill Clinton paid Paula Jones $850,000. No one, no one cared about that. Hillary Clinton deleted 33,000 emails. 
No one cared about that. She was under congressional subpoena to preserve documents, right? So she violated that subpoena, deleted 33,000 emails. No one, no one gave a, a, a damn about that. Hunter Biden, he has laptops where there's, you know, cocaine and drugs and, and hookers, you know, illegal deals are pulling in money from all sorts of countries all over the world. They're not selling yeah. an actual product. You know what we sell. We sell real estate, right? We, we're in hotels, we're in golf courses, residential stuff. No, what product are they selling? They're getting millions of dollars coming in from all over the world. And no one does a damn thing about it. And by the way, it's, it's on a laptop. Yet they go after my father for, for, for what? A non-disclosure agreement, which every company in the world, every person in the, in, in, in the world does. I mean, the thousands of these happen every single day. Stop it. No one buys this. The reason they're going after the man, I mean, his only crime, Greg, was the fact that he won the 2016 election. Right. That's why they're going after the man. And it's, um, it's insane. And people do not buy it. Even the Democrats don't buy it. They're guilty of everything they accuse you guys of. <laughs> they are guilty times 10. Eric Trump, hang in there. We know you will. And uh, you guys always win. And I am very confident you will this time as well, where anything we can do, let me know, please. Eric Trump, everybody, and we'll be right back. European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, is specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. since 1990. You can choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact, carry, or full-size in three popular calibers. If you're a first-time gun owner, EAA Corp's all-in-one 9mm MC9 Striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes the MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There is a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today at EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of hard-earned money. Visit EAACorp.com. That's EAACorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. President Gerald Ford issuing a full and complete pardon to Richard Nixon. He did it for the good of the country. Now, what's happening to Donald Trump is not at that level, and it's not a federal case, but my goodness, leadership like this, we could use some of it now. Uh, we're joined by Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, of course, former prosecutor, and I believe you knew uh, Gerald Ford. Hey, let me ask you this. <laughs> we don't have a ethical good man in, in Joe Biden, but could a president conceivably call up a local prosecutor in this kind of situation, somebody other than Joe Biden, say, are you crazy this is damaging to the country. There would be nothing extra illegal about that, right? That could happen. Perfectly appropriate. I mean, if a president in good faith believes it's a miscarriage of justice or it's an excessive use of the criminal process, he has a perfect right to do that. He has a right to his opinion and uh, he has a right to exercise his uh, role as the moral leader of this country. Of course he could. You know, Mr. Mayor, a lot of folks say, oh, that, that's political, it's political, it's political. They're trying to make political a very bad word. And to me, it connotes democracy. You know, these prosecutors, they think they don't report to the people anymore. Uh, do you see what I'm saying? And like they tried, they tried to really 
anything political is bad, but political is actually kind of reflective of the people's will. Do you, do you, do you follow me? I mean, they, they, they're act actually acting uh, different than politically. They're acting corruptly. Somebody like Bragg is corrupt. I mean, to take office and say that you're not going to uh, prosecute armed robbery and resisting arrest, or you're going to drop it from a serious to a minor crime, is lawless. It's making a mockery of the oath of office that you just took two minutes earlier to uphold the laws. You don't say, I will uphold the laws that I agree with. You don't say, I'm going to uphold half the laws. You uphold all the laws. And although you can do prosecutorial discretion for a case here and a case there, you can't say, well, I'm not going to prosecute right. felonies, all the armed robberies, every single one. Mr. Mayor, been I understand. So, look, this is, we know this is a bogus case. How do we know we're not going to get a bogus verdict, a bogus guilty verdict? I mean, we're getting closer and closer to a scenario where Donald Trump, I mean, um, you know, you know, Manhattan, these people hate him. These grand jurors are sometimes they're crazy people. We saw that person in Atlanta. So um, how do we know we're not going to get a bogus verdict? I mean, we're getting closer. This is getting dangerous. It is getting uh, um, dangerous. It is dangerous. We're in, we're in danger territory already. And we're in territory where we've done a certain amount of irreparable harm to the concept of equal justice in America. I mean, this will live in our history as a, uh, an era in which we were not able to uphold uh, our system of justice, and it, and it, it crashed on us. Uh, nothing is going to change that. Uh, I have a little bit more confidence in the people of Manhattan than uh, uh, many of my colleagues. I, I tried almost all of my cases in Manhattan, many, and, uh, and, it, and it was five to one Democrat then, not as bad. But I found that I could always get a fair jury. Uh, now, maybe uh, things have changed. I hope not. But I, 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 and I have to admit, you know, he's uh, behind the eight ball. I also think the case may very well be thrown out before we get there. It should be. A case that, that violates the statute of limitations mm. should, should never go to trial. A case that tries to use a federal statute yeah. done by a state prosecutor is, an, is totally absurd. It should be thrown out. Yeah. Mr. Mayor, is, we what are... kind of do we find an honest point? Very quickly, if you don't mind, what's that quote from Oliver Wendell Holmes that I like so much? Uh, the, the quote from Oliver Wendell Holmes is that, well, there are a lot of them, ju justice is done when the right result is reached, not when we, not when we convict someone. And uh, that's uh, something that eludes uh, these people, completely eludes them. I love it. Mr. Mayor, thank you very much once again. Uh, we'll know more when this thing drops, and uh, it's so sad, but uh, I, I'm optimistic long term. Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Good. We'll be right back. Greta Van Susteren is back. She's on Newsmax, giving you the really big stories without the spin. Watch The Record with Greta Van Susteren. She's smart, tough, and always fair. Don't miss Greta's new show. And you almost have to say, what has our country come to? Review after review, even by the biggest, greatest legal scholars, some of whom... 
don't like Trump. Like Alan Dershowitz said, I don't want to vote for Trump. I never voted for Trump. I don't believe him. Actually, I think he does, but he does that to give himself a little credibility with his friends and Democrats. I think he votes for me personally, but he even said, he said in 60 years of practicing law, it's the worst abuse I've ever witnessed. I've never seen anything like it. There's President no Trump citing Alan Dershowitz at the rally in Waco, Texas on Saturday night. Uh, Alan Dershowitz is, I believe, the finest attorney this country has ever produced. Professor Dershowitz, welcome back. Uh, you don't have to. I think the president was uh, good naturedly needling you a little bit because we know you're a liberal Democrat and all that stuff. But anyway, I needled him back. He called me the other day and asked for advice. And I said, here's my advice. Buy stock in a T-shirt company that can put your mugshot on a T-shirt. It'll be the best-selling mugshot T-shirt since Frank Sinatra. And he thanked me for my advice. So a little needling on both sides is very oh, Well, I hope you had some other uh, words of wisdom. I mean, you are the best lawyer in the world. Look, um, I am hearing, and I'd like to know what you're hearing, please, uh, that this is probably less about Stormy Daniels and more about uh, financial records, documents, um, uh, bank statements, and uh, you know valuations and that kind of thing. What do you What do you know? Well, we have to wait and see what the indictment says. The question is not that. The question is, would anyone else in a similar situation with similar records be indicted at this point in time? And unless the answer to that is a resounding yes, unless he meets the criteria, then the man who's running for president against the incumbent. Democrat, uh, the same party as the prosecutor, shouldn't be prosecuted. The bar is very high when a Democrat who ran on the campaign to get Trump rummages through records, rummages through files, and then manages to come up with something that no one else would ever be prosecuted for. That doesn't meet the bar, even if technically it's enough to justify a prosecution. So, uh, we don't know, and I totally agree. This never, this shouldn't be happening. It wouldn't be happening. But I want to show you, Donald Trump had a building, 11 Wall Street, 40 Wall Street. He valued yeah. it at uh, about a half billion dollars in 2011. Tish James, who knows nothing about real estate, nothing about this stuff. Same goes for Alvin Brago, by the way. Says it's actually worth 200 million. But in about two seconds, I found other buildings that sold in 2011, uh, 2012. Show me another one for you know. The same value, comparables, a half billion dollars, this to 569. Here's my concern. These prosecutors, well, not a concern. It's just a fact. They don't know much about the real world. They're in those little, they know the law, but they don't know. They, they're, they're trying to get him on something. And this shows their ignorance, quite frankly. Well, it's not ignorance. It's maliciousness. It's mm -hmm. a deliberate attempt to get him. I named my book Get Trump not because I'm such a creative uh, writer, but because I got it from the campaign of Letitia James and uh, the the attorney general and the district attorney, they were out to get him. If every real estate owner overvalued his property for purposes of getting a loan and undervalued it for purposes of paying taxes, there would be no real estate industry <laughs> in the country. You cannot selectively prosecute one real estate dealer for something that's routine. By the way, Nobody has to have pity on a bank. The bank have their own auditors. They determine what it's worth. And yep. in fact, in the Wall Street case, the banks did determine that it was worth somewhat uh, more. But that's their decision. Uh, nobody defrauded anybody here. I only got 15 seconds left. Do you know anything about Mark Pomer Pomerantz? Have you ever met him? 
I know who he is. He had a very good reputation as a prosecutor, but he then resigned in protest and presumably put pressure on the district attorney to yeah. do what he done. And uh, I don't agree with that. And we're not going to know, really, we have to wait until that thing is unsealed, and that'll happen on Tuesday, right? Well, it may be unsealed earlier because it's been leaked. And why isn't there an investigation of the leaking, which is a felony under New York law, to leak a grand jury indictment before it's officially announced? You have the whole indictment? I haven't seen the whole indictment. You've got the whole indictment? No, no, no. I'm saying it will be uh, yeah. leaked. Right. It's already, the fact has already been leaked, and that fact being leaked is a crime, and that crime was committed right under Bragg's nose, and he's not apparently investigating it. Professor Dershowitz, an American treasure. We appreciate uh -huh. it. Hey, let's put your book cover up real quick. The latest one is available wherever books are sold. You got the cover right there. Okay, good. Get Trump. Check it out. Yeah. You can download it and uh, or get it in book form. Thank you, sir, very, very much. And we'll be right back. This is part of the Trump team's response to this crazy indictment. And it's awesome. President Trump has just been impeached on both Article The one only one. president of the United States to be impeached for a second the January time. January 6th committee releasing its final 845-page report. Former President Donald Trump has been indicted. Remember this. Nothing worth doing ever, ever, ever came easy. Following your convictions means you must be willing to face criticism from those who lack the same courage to do what is right. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference. The more that a broken system tells you that you're wrong, the more certain you should be that you must keep pushing ahead. This is a party that wants an outsider badly. I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. You must keep pushing forward. Never, ever give up. There'll be times in your life you'll want to quit, you'll want to go home. I can't do it. I can't do it. Just never quit. Future where we have the courage to chase our dreams no matter what the cynics and the doubters have to say. You will have the confidence to speak the hopes in your hearts and to express the love that stirs your souls. And you will have the faith to replace a broken establishment with a government that serves and protects the people. Coming after me, they're coming after you. I'm just standing in their way. And I always will stand in their way. I told you it was awesome.